Well, it's a privilege to be able to speak on Sunday. I always look forward to this. <clears throat> and this week, our family did a couple days getaway. Um, a couple of my kids and some friends of ours that are in this room, the Krauses, we went away. <clears throat> they had a convention that they were going to in Anaheim. Uh, and it was for online content creators. And if you don't know what that is, it's okay. There's no, no judgment there. If you do know what that is, um, that means you've probably gone to YouTube to try and fix something in your house and found out how to do it. Or you've watched animation videos. And there was a lot of um, online content creators that have millions of followers that I've never heard of, and my kids came home with things signed from them. And um, We also did a couple days at Disneyland. And I told my kids, <clears throat> you know, this is part of being a pastor's kid. You do not want to go on vacation the week before your dad preaches. So there's going to be a lot of good stories today. Just, it's going to be, it's going to be so good. I won't do that to them. I may tell some stories about myself. I've mentioned before that I'm a big sports fan. Some of you in here are big sports fans. I wouldn't say I'm a crazy sports fan, but that's usually the first thing a crazy sports fan says. <laughs> so I'm in stage one, denial. I grew up in Indiana. We loved two things, Indiana basketball and Notre Dame football. That's what I grew up and we loved. I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. Bob Knight was a, a bigger-than-life character, won championships in 76, 81, 87, um, the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, high school Crosstown basketball games were packed-out gyms with two, 3,000 that would come. I remember going to the Crosstown rival game, and, you know, you just... The seats would fill up, then we would fill up the aisles so no one could walk. You can't do that anymore, but we used to fill up the aisles. Sectional and regional games would have five, ten thousand 10,000 people. And I remember, I don't know, I think it was my eighth grade year, ninth grade year, the state championship, high school state championship game had 40-some thousand people at the high school basketball state championship. There was only one thing in my life bigger than Indiana basketball growing up, and that was Notre Dame football. I remember the first time I went to Notre Dame Stadium. It was just kind of like this magical experience, I think, in my mind of being there, seeing touchdown Jesus. I have no idea what Jesus has to do with the touchdown, but <laughs> it's a big mural. And uh, we loved Notre Dame football. I remember watching Rudy, memorizing the speech. I would get up on the stool. We're going to win, win. If you don't know what that is, that's okay, too. Win one for the Gipper, Ronald Reagan. Uh, yeah, so that was big, um, big in my life. We do crazy things for the teams we love. When the fight song starts, it's like you just stand up. Your just body knows to do that. Um, we buy too many T-shirts too many jerseys, um, we paint our faces, 
we will sometimes go and do a letter on our chest and line up with friends so that at the right time we stand up and everyone in the stadium knows we love our team and we can spell really good. <laughs> I've had front row seats, I've had nosebleed seats, I've had box seats, I've had the best seats, the bleacher bum seats at Tigers Stadium back in the old days. But have you ever had tickets to an away game for your favorite team? where you went to the game and you were cheering for the team that was not the home team. There is some stadiums that you wear that jersey in trepidation of what might happen. One of my best friends, he uh, is a New England Patriots fan, and his wife got him away, or got him tickets to a New England Patriots Cincinnati Bengals game at Cincinnati. That is not, Cincinnati is not a football stadium you want to go to with an away jersey. And he told me a lot of stories of people that encouraged him not to be there during that game. <laughs> but when that fight song comes for the away team, you just, like, I can't stand. And all everyone stands, and you're just sitting there, and then your song comes on and you're like, I got to stand for my team. And you're nervous to do that. I remember the first Notre Dame game I went to at the Air Force Academy. And that was a hard one because they played the marching song for the Air Force Academy. I can't cheer for that. I'm there for Notre Dame. But these are the guys that are fighting for our country. Like, how can I not stand up? I didn't stand up, so. <laughs> and then the fight song for Notre Dame came on, and I'm in my jersey proudly standing up. And fortunately, uh, Air Force Academy, they're all just a bunch of gentlemen and gentle ladies over there, if you believe that. <laughs> no, they're nice people. We, no harm came to us. I brought my wife as protection, so that was really good. <laughs> Just the thought of cheering for an away team, uh, it's, it's hard for me to even imagine cheering for a New England Patriots touchdown. But you know, it can often feel like this in the spiritual realm. I love God, I love singing about the love of God, his grace and his mercy. But when I read the news, when I send my kids to school, when, I go, when you go to work or maybe you go on vacation, it can sometimes feel like an away game. It can sometimes feel like the crowd is cheering something different than what you stand for. And sometimes it's in loud ways and sometimes it's in subtle ways. And that's why I love the book of Daniel. And I've been doing a series, this is just the second one in on Daniel standing strong and loving well in a shifting culture because Daniel's kind of a playbook of how a group of friends stood strong in a shifting culture. And the last time I was in this, I talked about how Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Jerusalem and he had taken away the brightest and the smartest of this group off to Babylon and they wanted to strip away their values, strip away their culture, and they gave them 
different names. They gave them an indoctrination program into the new culture. And that was the message last time. The first thing a culture will do is try to rename you and give you a name that God did not intend for you. And those new names for them reflected anti-God themes. And if you take on an identity that God has not given you, what will happen is you'll start to operate in ways that God hasn't planned for you. And when you forget what God has said about you, you will miss the life that God has for you. And right at the end of the message, I read a passage from Daniel 1.8. Daniel and his friends had been given the challenge of eating food that was not in the way, prepared in the way, and foods that was not something that God had told them they should eat. And so Daniel 1.8 says, Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food, with the wine he drank. And these foods were counterculture to the dietary laws that God had given to the Hebrew people. And I love this because Daniel made a determination in his heart ahead of time. Is I'm going to stand strong. I can still love others well, even though I'm living in a culture that does not support the values that I hold, I'm going to make a determination ahead of time to not defile myself in these ways. And today I would look, like to look at Daniel 3. So if you have your Bible, open to Daniel 3. I would like to look and see how that determination he made day one filtered through every decision that he made. And this is the first so with that thought in mind, I guess I would say this is the idea I would like to look at today. This is the theme of Daniel 3, who will you worship? And the first step that Daniel and his friends made in this in Daniel 1.8 tells us that in advance they decided to take a stand. We're going to stand in advance of whatever is given to me. Most people just take life as it comes. As decisions come to me, I'll evaluate those based on the circumstances at the time. And this can serve us well when they're just common, everyday, ordinary circumstances. Like, what am I going to wear today? I get up and I decide that. What am I going to eat for breakfast today? And these are just every day common things. What am I going to do in my free time? But even those decisions have some predetermined values in them and have long-term consequences. For example, if you decide every day just to eat whatever you want, you might wake up one day and realize that those years of bad choices have to now be reversed. When you pick out something to wear, and it was just what you felt like wearing that day, you may find later that more thought should have gone into what I've worn today. But then there are greater decisions in life that have more significant repercussions. Who should I date? What should my friend group look like? Am I going to prioritize Sunday worship 
what are my life goals. And when you have no purpose, no determination ahead of time to set core values, what's going to happen is you'll be tossed by whatever the latest trend is. Whatever society pressure says, whatever law that has been recently passed, these are how you will make your decisions. Have you ever heard someone say when they were challenged on a decision that they made these statements? Well, it's not illegal. Or there's no company policy against that. I was just going with the flow of traffic. <laughs> I might have used that one before. I used this one very often when I was little. He did it to me first. <laughs> I was just trying to be funny. Or I didn't see that coming. These are phrases that you'll often hear when people just make decisions on the whim. I told you that we went a few days out of town. We went to Disneyland for two of those days. Disneyland is called the greatest place on earth. When we were joking and talking about that, one of my kids said, do you know that no one ever dies in Disney? And I was like, what? And they said, yeah, so what Disney's policy is, is that if someone unfortunately does happen to pass away on the Disney property, Disney will not have the guest pronounced dead on the Disney property. They will hand them over to the paramedics, doctors, and health professionals who take them off the property, do what they can, and then make the final decision while not on Disney property. And this is not an uncommon practice, and I don't know if this happens on the, all the time. I read it on the internet, I checked on the internet, my kids, it, they said it on the internet. So my kids said it, the internet backed it up. <laughs> but I found in my two days at Disney, Disney is not the greatest place on earth. Disney 